Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. And welcome to Simple Church. Whoa, there I am. My name's Tim Tool. I'm the Connect Pastor today, today and every day. It's been a long time since I've been up here, and uh, you're probably in for a treat. But anyways, welcome to Simple Church. If you're a first-time guest, I apologize that you're not getting to hear Aaron speak today. So applause for you for showing up and sticking through me. Aaron is actually in the back doing kids ministry today, both services. He's the male presence back there. Last week, I was the male presence. And, uh, and, and what we're trying to do is see what the influence of having guys back there uh, has, not just on the kids, but on, on, the, on the teachers, on the people that are leading our kids ministry. So um, know that as, as we go through this series, one of the pastors is going to be back there both services. So be praying for us as, as we're back there. But but also be praying to see if, if that is a, a role that, that you should be participating in. Now, I'm, I'm speaking to everybody, but primarily men. I want you to understand that, that as the role of male presence back in kids' ministry, it is not, you're, you're not changing diapers. You're probably not teaching anything. You're, you're there to, to point and make sure that they're following the rules, that, that, that there's, something, there's something different that happens back there. Not, not that the moms are, are totally out of control and, have, and, and, and can't handle it. However, having, having some male presence back there does change how our kids behave. And, and you don't have to love the kids to be back there serving. You don't even have to love the parents of the kids so they can be in here that, back there serving. What you have to do is you have to love... The, the kids' ministry workers that are back there working, that some of them are working back there two or three times a month. And, and, if, and if you as a dude were, were willing to serve back there one Sunday a month, that if we had, we had all the guys in here serving that were willing to serve one Sunday a month, odds are you wouldn't have to serve one Sunday a month. Um, but, but there is, kids, kids' ministry is different when we got men back there. And, and I encourage you, if you're a man, to be a male presence in the back and, and, and participate back there. That's the kids' ministry spiel. You're going to hear it a lot. You're going to hear it a lot beyond just this five weeks because it is a need. We are growing, and there are a lot of kids back there, and, and we need all the help that we can get. All the kids' ministry workers are going, yeah. Uh, another announcement is we've got worship team auditions coming up on Wednesday, October 11th during worship practice. There are pre-audition meetings today after each service. And next Sunday after each service, it should be about 15 minutes, uh, Kelly Spicer is going to give you the lowdown of, of what it is to, to participate in, in the worship team. She said no tambourine. So if you're like a tambourine person and you really want to bring that to the worship team, she said no tambourines. She's, she's borderline on the sousaphone. I asked her, would, would you allow a sousaphone? My boy plays sousaphone. She goes, what is that? It's a tuba. Oh, no, no. But if, you, if you're not able to make it to, to any of that, reach out to Kelly. But, but if you're interested in, in participating in the worship team, if you're, if you're a singer or you think you can sing or want to find out that you can't sing, <laughs> show up to the, to the auditions and we'll, we'll get you set straight. I had a lot of coffee this morning. Grow groups. 
Who in here is, raise your hand if you're participating in the Grow Group this season. All right, there's a lot of hands that aren't up right now. And uh, I'm going to judge you. I'm, I want to encourage you that, uh, that, that we have grow groups available. That, that some of them are activity-based. If you want to go walking with the spiritual ramblers, if you want to learn how to tie ties and build fires, the, 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 manly, the Art of Manliness group, you know, if you haven't seen their videos, they are sharp and fun. But we've got study groups as well that, that, if, that if you're not connected in the body beyond showing up on Sunday morning, uh, you're probably hurting. You're missing something. You're, you're, you're missing participating with uh, not just the community, community at Simple Church, but with, with the church as the body that, that you're missing out in, in that fellowship, in that growth, in that accountability, and in the relationships that happen through Grow Groups. So if you know, Grow Groups have going, been going for two, three weeks, we're going into our third week, they will still welcome you in. So if, if you're interested in, in plugging into a grow group on the website, you can find the link that'll get you to highlight all the grow groups, reach out to that, that leader and get in. But, but please uh, plug into a grow group. And then Growth Track, we, we are proponents of Growth Track. We've got a lot of people that, are, that have gone through Growth Track. We encourage everybody to go through Growth Track. And, and it's been a blast seeing people discover um, not just more of who God is, but who, who they were designed as. That, that God has actually designed you for something. And, and most of us can walk through life in, in, in Christian community and, and believe the lies that I just really don't have anything to bring, that, that God hasn't, hasn't gifted me with anything or, or that what I have isn't important. And, and know that that is a complete and utter lie. That, that if, you're, if you're a believer, if you've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he has, he has gifted you something. That, that, that will benefit not just this congregation, but the community and the world. And, and, and we, we want you to understand who you are, who God is, and, and, and participate in Growth Track. Just, just walk through it. It's four Sundays, um, second service. And if you're thinking, well, I don't want to be here for both services, totally blow off the sermon. You have, you have, com you have complete permission to, to not show up in here and participate in there, that, that we believe... Um, so wholeheartedly that that, that, is, that is important, that is key to not just Simple Church's growth, but your growth as a believer. So, so please participate in that. I, I've probably got other announcements, but I know you guys don't want to be here all day long, so let's get into the sermon. So anybody here a movie fan? A lot of movie fans here? Last night, uh, we watched Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. It was trying to find a movie that would keep my daughter in the room to, to watch it all the way through. And, and we started watching it, and, and you know, it's painful. It's a, it's a, it's a, it starts off painful, and, and she's starting to rip into it like we're Mystery Science Theater 3000. Like, oh, I am going to love this movie. And it is, it is a, a painfully fun movie. You know, if you think that, that kidnapping women to make them your bride is a good thing, that's the movie to watch. Then the new Spider-Man movie, anybody seen the new Spider-Man movie? It was pretty good. You know, considering it's like the 16th different reboot of the Spider-Man series, I actually enjoyed it. Um, Up, anybody watch Up? First 10 minutes, I'm in the theater bawling like a baby. I was sold on the rest of the movie. The rest of the movie could have just been like balloons flying all over the place. And it was like, oh, that was a killer. Magnificent Seven, 
Not the new one. The new one is trash, but the old one, Yul Brenner, Steve McQueen. Ah, that is a great movie. It's a great movie. How about The, the Hangover? Everybody see The Hangover? Yeah, The Hangover. So The Hangover was the 2009 Golden Globe winner for the best comedy. I can't remember that I've, I can't, I can't say that I've seen it. I can't remember that I've seen it, but, but, uh, but it, was, it was a really popular movie, right? So I'm going to read a review, uh, a segment of a review from PluggedIn.com. This is what the, golden, uh, what the Hangover had. Over 70 F-words, including a handful used in sexual context and several combined with mother. About two dozen S-words and close to a dozen combined use, misuses of God's and Jesus' name. After that leadoff, it hardly seems worth mentioning that there are plenty of milder profanities, numerous references to male and female anatomy, and obscene gestures. So the people that saw it, you remember all that? <laughs> For the people that didn't see it, are you, are you grateful that you didn't watch it? This, this, was, this was not some, like, hidden movie. Not something that was just kind of, like, uh, out there and, and small release. This was, this was a massive movie. And, and there are a lot of movies that are like that. And if you've seen it and didn't notice that stuff, that might say something. That might say something. That, that maybe we consume in, in, a, in a particular way. Anybody UFC fans? MMA fans? My hand's way up. My hand's way up. So I was indoctrinated into fights as a little kid because my dad was hardcore into boxing. And, and so as a little kid, uh, M well, MMA wasn't there, but boxing and any kind, of, any kind of fighting, I totally got into. My wife, on the other hand, was a little squeamish watching it at first, that, that she wasn't really cool with, with watching UFC and MMA because it, it's, it's a bit violent, right? However, over the years, she's kind of mellowed out there, that she'll actually sit and watch. I, I think initially when she was watching it, she's thinking from the perspective, that's somebody's kid. There's a mom sitting out there somewhere watching her kid get the snot kicked out of him. Now she's a little more like, oh, yeah, that was a good kick. You know, she's, she's, she's been kind of desensitized to it, right? That, that, things, are, that things are not as extreme, that, that it's not the way that it used to be, that, that things that used to turn her stomach, she's now starting to get kind of entertained by. Could it be that there is a, a generation that is being desensitized to watching what used to be maybe bad and that we now consider good. That we don't even notice that we're seeking out, paying for, and consuming toxic influences. Is it, is it possible? So, so I think that's a fair question. You might be sitting there thinking, oh crap, he's gonna be speaking to what I consume. And I am. I totally am, as well as myself. And if, and if this is ultimately not a tough message for you, if, if being challenged with what you consume is not a tough message for you, then, then I might say that you're probably not following Christ. That, if, but if, that there's no uneasiness in some of the stuff that you put into your body, into your mind, into your spirit, that, that there, there might be a disconnect in, in your relationship with God. You know, when you look at when you look at the hangover, the hangover is not an isolated incident. It's that, that culture is just exploding with that. 
And as loud as culture is, we are, we are inundated with these messages that, that really aren't pleasing to God. And if they're not disturbing you, what does that say? If those messages don't challenge you to think twice about what you're consuming, where are you standing? Or at best, you're just not hearing or not sensitive what it is that God is saying to you. Now, now we've all, I say we, we have all watched stuff that's similar to The Hangover, right? 70 F-bombs. So if I were to drop 70 F-bombs in this sermon, would you be offended? I might be able to get away with one. I wouldn't even be able to get away with one. I wouldn't be able to get away with one. But odds are, some of you are going to leave here today, go home, and watch a movie that's loaded with them and not have a second thought, right? That you've probably paid money and willingly consumed this material, that you've dabbled in some form or fashion with the toxic influences of the world. The definition of toxic, anything containing poisonous material capable of causing serious sickness or even death. Anything containing poisonous material that is capable of harming us, that is capable of making us spiritually sick, of destroying us. We have an enemy out there. Satan is our enemy. Satan has a desire to see us crash and burn. He wants to see us fall to the temptations. He wants to see us be poisoned in such a significant way that, that, we, that we die, physically or spiritually. He wants, that's what he wants for us. And, and, and he's not going to come at you with a pitchfork and horns and, and try to get you to drink a, a gallon jug of poison. That, that he's kind of like a, a, a child molester. So, Roll with me here for a second. We used to be in foster care. We, my wife and I used to do foster care. And, and before doing foster care, the big fear of, as a parent was letting our kid walk to the playground and somebody was going to drive up, snatch them, and steal them. Valid fear for parents? Everybody had that? So during foster care training, what we discovered was, was that was such a small, small possibility. That, that the big blatant grab, this doesn't really happen. It happens, but not to any extent that you got to be worried about it. What you got to be worried about are the groomers, the people that have relationships with your kid. And this isn't to freak you out and start eyeballing everybody that's got a relationship with your kid, but, but, but child molesters groom kids. They invest slowly and incrementally. That, that it's, a, it's a nice conversation to pat in the back. A little bit more encouragement and a hug. And, and the process just keeps going on and on. And, and, and they break down the barriers with the kids so that the next step isn't as traumatic. That, the, that they get to the point where the person who's stealing a kid, they're gonna, the kid's just going to follow right along. That they get groomed. Are you being groomed? The way that Satan works is not necessarily so blatant and hard-hitting. It's insidious and quiet and incremental. He is breaking down your barriers. Could it be that Satan is grooming us to take in what is hurtful and call it good, clean entertainment? 
to see influences that we would initially think are bad, to break that down and make it, oh, no, that's, that's good, that's acceptable. Satan might be grooming you, and the toxic influences just abound. So what kind of toxic influences are we talking about? We're all different in what we consume. We're all different in what we struggle with. But if we're real with ourselves, we can probably quickly make a list of potentially toxic influences in our lives. Here's your chance to shout out. What are the, what are the toxic influences in your life? I'm sorry? Friends? Friends. That's a horrible show. <laughs> Music? Internet? <clears throat> what else you got? Either I'm deaf or you're just not shouting loud enough. TV, TV, movies, friends, internet, books, magazines. You can walk through the, the checkout line in Kroger and just be marveled by the trash, right? There, th this, is just, this is just a small list, but, but I know that you're probably sitting there in uncomfortable silence going, oh, I know exactly. I know exactly what it is. I know exactly where, where that potential toxic influences. It's all over the place. It is all over the place. Proverbs 25, 26 says this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like a muddied spring or a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way to the wicked. Like a muddied spring or a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way to the wicked. Could, could it be that you are a muddied spring? or a poison well. If you, were to, if you were to honestly look at your life, do you see where, where that toxic influences have caused you to be a, a muddy spring or a polluted well? I can raise my hand and say, yeah. I know the areas I struggle. Now, the there's a challenge in this kind of message. So, I can go to extremes. The first extreme is legalism that I can look at the, the things that are out there to do and to participate in, and, and if you want me just to list off a, a, a how you can and what you're supposed to consume, what you're not supposed to consume, that if you check these boxes, you're good, I'm not gonna do that. But the other extreme is, is like a complacency, where I don't want you to walk out of here and go, that was a good message, and then have nothing come from it that I don't want you to walk out of here thinking about the rules that you need to follow, but I also don't want you walking out of here thinking, I'm good. I'm good. That, uh, you know, I've been in church life long enough to know that if I ask somebody how they're doing and, and the response is, I'm good. Is there anything I'd be praying for you? I'm good. My response is, I'm going to pray for your lying habit. Because <laughs> you're not. We're not. We're not. Right? We're not. I don't want you to walk out of here on either extreme. I want you to walk out of here uh, equipped with, with some questions to be able to ask yourself as you're walking through life. I want you to walk out of here equipped with, with uh, the desire and the understanding that I can take one more step closer to Christ. That no matter where I'm standing, unless I am Jesus, I need to get closer. And guess what? None of you are. Jesus. You got one more step. You got one more step. So that is, that is what my hope for is today. So I'm going to try to take like a broad overall perspective of this 
in this conversation, but, but I want you to grow in your relationship with Christ, and I pray that the Holy Spirit is pushing you in that direction, that you are more aware of what he's saying to you, that you can move closer to him. And at the end, like I said, I'm going to give you three questions to ask, but first I'm going to give you three things to remember. The first is, we have to acknowledge a little bit of poison goes a long way. A little bit of poison goes a long way. In 1 Corinthians, Paul's talking to uh, Christians about yeast and how it spreads through dough. And yeast in the Bible is often referenced, uh, uh, reference a, a picture of sin. So we look at this verse, keep that in mind, that, that, uh, that when he's talking about yeast, that this is a, a picture of sin and how it can overtake the whole person. So 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 7 says, <clears throat> don't you know that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new batch without yeast as you really are. Don't you know that a little yeast works through a whole batch of dough? A little bit of poison will pollute a person. Get rid of the old yeast. Get rid of that toxic influence that you may be a new batch without yeast, not poisoned by the world. A little bit of poison goes a long way. So there's this mom of a 14-year-old boy, and the 14-year-old boy comes up to his mom. He goes, Mom, I want to go see this movie. It's PG-13. I'm 14, so it's good. I should be able to go see this movie. And she goes, okay, well, is there... Is there anything bad in it? He goes, well, there's, there's some violence, there's some, there's some foul language, and there's one sex scene, but it's not a lot. And she goes, oh, okay, well, I'm glad you did that research. I'm going to let you go to that movie. But I'm also going to make you some brownies, because you're such a good boy and did your planning. You did, you did it right. I'm going to make you some brownies. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got brownies coming. So as the mom's making brownies, she goes out into the backyard, and she finds this fresh pile of dog dew, <laughs> this fresh poop, and she gets a spoon, and she takes a little bit of the poop, and she mixes it into the brownies. And she bakes off the brownies. And just before the boy is getting ready to go to the movie, she says, here you go, son, because, because you were honest with me, and that movie's only got a little bit of bad stuff in it, I made you brownies. But you got to know, there's just a little bit of poop in it. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's so gross. There's poop in that. Just a little bit. Just a little, just a little bit of poop. How much poop are you willing to take in? <laughs> that sounds funny, right? And it is, to a certain extent. How much poop are you willing to take in? How much poison are you willing to put into your body? How, how much poison? Now, parents, you know, when we're looking at these toxic influences, parents, um, I say, you know, I can handle those. I can handle that toxic influence. I'm older. I can handle it. My kids can't handle it. Why can't my kids handle it? Well, because it's harmful to them. Well, what's the difference? If, it, if it's harmful to them, why isn't it harmful to us? You know, if I, if I don't want my kids to see it, well, well maybe I shouldn't see it either. Unfortunately, when you look at what we consume today in virtually everything, you can make an argument that there is a significant amount of poop in everything that we consume. People watching online are like, wow, what is this? This guy's talking about poop. It's like, I can say poop as many times as I want in this sermon. <clears throat> there is a significant amount of toxic influence, of, of poison in almost everything that we consume. So we'll just shoot out friends. Everybody like friends? We watch Friends. Friends is an awesome show, right? Oh, it's such an obnoxious show. Outside of being obnoxious, what's the poop in Friends? 
So, they, so like, they're all sleeping with each other, right? I think at some point they get married, but it's after like one or two of them have already had kids by other dudes, and it's just like... And so we watch it, and, and, and you might not come out and say, oh, this is totally acceptable lifestyle, yet we're consuming it. It's, it's breaking down barriers. And, and you might let your kids watch that. So if, so if we're saying Friends is a great show, look at these people, they're hilarious. But what's, but what's the influence? So Friends is kind of mild. How awkward would I like to get? Raise your hand if you like Game of Thrones. Got a couple? Brave souls. So I watched a couple of those. Can I just say porn? Is it not porn? Is it not porn? It's insane. It's, it, is, it, is, it is flat out insane. So, so that is poop surrounded by a little bit of a story is what Game of Thrones is, right? <laughs> and then everything in between. Everything in between. We are inundated with it. We are inundated with it. And a little bit of poison goes a long way. A little bit of poison goes a long way. Next one is, just because everyone does it doesn't make it right. Just because everyone does it doesn't make it right. So who remembers your mom saying that? Grief, I remember me saying that. I say that. I've said that to my kids. I've probably said it to some of you. Just because everybody is doing it doesn't mean that it's right. So Romans 12, 12, I'm going to read the message version, and I, want, I just want to have a caveat there, the message version. If you're doing Bible studies, if you're doing deep theological work, don't use the message. I'm using the message here because I just want to, I just want to portray a, a concept here. So the message uh, version of Romans 12, 2 says this, do not become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you and develops a well-formed maturity in you. That's what I want for my kids, right? That's, I'm assuming that's what you all want for your kids. God wants that for his kids. He wants, he wants that for you. He, he wants you to stand out, not stand out in some, some Jesus freak, Bible-thumping, like Westboro nut job kind of way. But, but good grief, you've got to look different than the world. That if you look exactly like the world, if you've become so well-adjusted to your culture, you are not shiny anymore. You're not shiny anymore. It's, it's just easy to say, like, well, you know, everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is watching Game of Thrones. The reviews are, are phenomenal on it. Everybody else is watching Friends. Everybody else is, everybody else is, everybody else is. But if, you, but if your response is to, to the world, well, everybody else is doing it, so, so it's okay for me, then we go back to, to being the polluted well or the muddied spring that you look just like the world and you're nothing different. That's not what he wants for you. That's not what he wants for you. Just because everybody else is doing it doesn't make it right. And the third one, just because I could doesn't mean I should. 
Listen, we have tremendous freedom in Christ. We have tremendous freedom in Christ. I, again, I do not want to lay down rules for you. We have tremendous freedom in Christ, and there's a lot of stuff that we can do. Could you speed to church today, doing 90 miles per hour, blown off all the red lights to make it here on time? You totally, and, and still go to heaven, you totally could. Should you? Probably not. You know, could you eat all the junk food and balloon up and never ex exercise and still be a Christian? You totally could. Should you? No. Could you go into massive debt, buying things you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you don't know and still go to heaven? Could you? Yes. Should you? Good grief, no. Could you be an Ohio State fan, yell the I.O. after every, I'm not even going to say it, wearing your red and gray, whatever those colors are, and still go to heaven and be a Christian? Not a chance. <laughs> if you're new and you don't know me, I care less. I could, I could not care less about OSU. Your fans are freaks. Those are my peeps. We're going to cut that out. It's not going to be in the, in the video or the audio. Listen to this. Paul said, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. That's out of 1 Corinthians 6.12. Listen, we, again, we have, we have tremendous freedom in Christ. As, as believers, that, that freedom is an amazing thing. Um, and I'm not going to say, you know, you can't go to this R-rated movie. Because there's some R-rated movies out there that are worth watching. And I'm not going to say you can go to all G-rated movies. Because there's a bunch of them that are just not worth watching. So from a legalistic perspective, I'm not going to give you anything there. We have freedom. And, and for many of you, you're strong, grounded Christians that can handle influences that won't take you down. That you're wise enough and mature enough to sift through some of the crap that's out there, though we could probably have a conversation and I might be able to sway you another way. And that, and that some of you are such a strong light that, that you've been called into challenging situations so that you can be that light and you won't bend to the pressure of the influences around you. But there are many of you that are susceptible to those toxic influences. All of us are susceptible to some toxic influence. And it would just be foolish to place yourself into a position where, where that's what's that's what's around you. That, you, that you continue to feed on things that are harmful to you, that, that you fall more and more in love with the world and, and become more and more muddied in your walk. You, know, you, could do, you could do some of this stuff, but it's just not helpful. It's leading you away from the things that God wants for you. You're called to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're called to be set apart, holy and set apart. And if we're no different than non-Christians, then we're probably not following them. And we're probably not following them. A little bit of poison goes a long way. Just because everyone does it doesn't make it right. Just because I could doesn't mean I should. So how do I know what influences are good and which are bad? What to consume and what not to consume? Sometimes it's really obvious. Certain things are really obvious. So somebody says, hey, I'm going to go see this triple X movie. You want to come with me? No. I'm going to go rob a bank. You, you going to come join me? Nah, I, I, I think I'm good. 
you, you might want to reconsider that too. Going to this bachelor party, we're going to do a whole bunch of shots before we go to the strip club. Hopefully those are some easy no's for you. But the not so obvious ones. Should I read this book? Should I watch this movie? Should, should I watch this television show? Should I go to this internet site? Should I hang out with these friends? What do I what do, I do then? I, you know, it's dangerous for you, but not for me. What do you do with that? Some people will say, let your conscience be your guide. Let your conscience be your guide, right? Everybody cool with that? Let your conscience be your guide. So here's a rule I'm going to give you. If your conscience is telling you no, let your conscience be your guide. If your conscience is telling you, oh, it's okay this time. This one won't hurt me. Ignore it. Totally ignore it. That if you find yourself in situations where you're saying, oh, this one's, this one's okay this time, or, or, or you're finding yourself in positions where you're saying, yeah, I'm just going to go for it, even though I know that, that, that maybe your conscience is, is seared, that things that used to bother you, doesn't, they don't bother you anymore. That you kind of for, forget where it was that you were, or what it is that God wants you. That, that this stuff just doesn't bother, anymore, bother you anymore. And just because it doesn't bother you doesn't mean that it shouldn't bother you. That if, that if I can make it through the hangover and totally bypass the 30 uses of God's name in vain and not think anything of it, that it's all just hilarious, something's been seared in me. S something's wrong. Just because it doesn't bother you doesn't mean that it shouldn't bother you. So what are we supposed to do? First Thessalonians gives us some good steps of what to do. First Thess Thess Thessalonians. 521 through 22. Test everything, hold on to the good, avoid every kind of evil. So when I'm looking at these verses, I'm looking at it from the perspective of looking at everything through the lens of relationship. Through the lens of relationship. Not through the lens of rules, but the lens of relationship. Either my relationship with God or my relationship with others. Fair enough? Because that's what he wants for us. He wants us to be in relationship with him, in relationship with others. So when, when we're looking at the things that we're doing or consuming, if I look at these verses from the perspective of relationship, test everything. I'm supposed to test everything. So what am I not supposed to test? There's nothing. Nothing I'm not supposed to test. Test everything. Is it good or not good? What do we do if it's good? Hold on to it. If it's good, hold on to it. If it's evil, reject it. What kind of evil? Just the really bad evil? Just the, the, the Game of Thrones evil? Sorry for you Game of Thrones people. The Game of Thrones evil or the Friends evil? They're not like too far off. But, but every kind of evil, every kind of evil, if it's sin, if it's, it's wrong, it's, if, if it's not helpful, if it's, if it's hurtful, it's hurtful to us, it's hurtful to God. Avoid it. Avoid it. So looking at those verses, I'm going to give you three questions to ask yourself. And this is, uh, this is serious. So the, these questions are questions that, that we probably don't you know, realistically, that we probably don't. And, and they're not like, you know, write them down. If, if you've got stuff to write them down on, write them down. Um, these three questions are questions to literally, verbally, 
ask yourself that, that if you don't just think on the, on, that you walk out here, it's like, oh, yeah, I got that. I'm good. Ask, ask yourself these questions, okay? Test everything and ask yourself first, am I being entertained by sin? Am I being entertained by sin? You know, the hangover, man, it was just so funny. It was, it was just so funny. It was hilarious. Funny doesn't make things right. Funny doesn't make things right. Funny doesn't make things wrong. Funny, funny doesn't make it either way. Is it, is it bad if? Is it bad if? So I got a, I got a friend, a coach of mine, and, and I, was, I was texting back and forth, and there was this situation that I was laughing at, and I asked him, is it bad if I laugh at this? And his response was, if you've got to ask, it probably is, right? Is it, is it bad if? That, if? that if I can look at what I'm consuming, am I being entertained by this? Is it sinful? Is it, is it projecting something that's not right, nothing, something that's not pleasing to God? Am I being entertained by sin? The next question is this, is this pleasing to God? You know, some of us look at God as like he's our, he's our buddy, but, he, but he's not our buddy. He's the holy creator and sustainer of this universe. He's so holy that mortal man can't look at him without, in, in his purest essence and, and not die. If, if God was in flesh sitting right next to you right now, well, not right now, but when you're doing something bad, if, if God was sitting next to you when you're getting ready to consume something, would he be happy with that? Does anybody remember watching a movie with your mom and it had the sex scene in it? Anyone? Oh, come on, I know, I know I'm not the only one. And you realize, holy cow, this is awkward. This is not good, I don't feel good. You know why? Because it wasn't good. Not just because my mom was sitting there. That was just like the cherry on, on, the, on the Sunday. It probably wasn't good. And if, and if God, if, if I consider that, you know, maybe God's sitting next to me as I'm watching this, as I'm consuming this, as I'm purchasing this, uh, is, he, is he pleased with that? Is he pleased with that? Is this pleasing to God? And the third question is, does this lure me away from Christ? Does what I'm consuming draw me further away from him? Does what I'm participating make it so that I'm a step further from him rather than a step closer? These, these, are, these are legitimate questions, however you want to reword them, but they're, but they're questions that we should be asking ourselves as we, as we go through life, consuming the things that, that the world has for us to offer. And if, if you have a hard time asking yourself those questions, I would encourage you to tell someone that and have them ask you. And part of the benefit that we have in being a community of believers is that we're here to encourage each other. We're, encouraged, we're here to, to love each other, to, to build each other up, to kick each other in the pants when we know we're going down the wrong path that it's not just like a big old love fest. At the same time, there's, there's some dis discipline and rebukement that comes from being in the body. 
that if you're headed the wrong way, good, if I'm headed the wrong way, I hope that I have people in my life to smack me upside the head and say, dude, what are you doing? Not because they want to beat me up, but because they love me. God has put those people into our lives. Let them be a part of your lives. Am I being entertained by sin? Is this pleasing to God? Does this lure me away from Christ? Don't go through life thinking that what I consume just isn't that bad, that it doesn't hurt me. If you don't really believe it's poison, you just might have a discolored view of right and wrong, that you've lost what the true standard is, that your new standard might be the world's standard. And, and the world's standards ultimately garbage. Some of it's entertaining garbage, but it's garbage nonetheless. It's garbage nonetheless. And we need to have a better idea of, of what that true standard is. We need to be returned to the true standard. Any photographers, videographers in here? You guys know what white balance is? So, so white balance is, is when your camera is focused on what truly is white, which sets the standard for everything else. Hopefully we got a video. So there's Kyle. Oh, did you see that difference there? Loop that again. See how it's all kind of green and funky? But once the white goes up, the camera focuses on what the true white is. So before the true white, the camera just kind of makes its own guess. And that guess is off. You might not notice it at first, but, it, but it's off. That, that the standard is just kind of the, the general scene. But once the true white is placed and the camera is able to focus on the true white, everything else shifts, right? Everything else shifts, and the color is now correct. But it's based off of, it's based off of the white. As, as believers in this world, if, if our focus, if our true standard is all around the white, then we don't really have a true picture of what the color is supposed to be of how it is that we're supposed to walk and behave and, and live. But, but, if, but if we have our focus on the true white, the true standard, that, that true proper white balance resets everything. Everything is based off the true standard and not from the world around it. So you might be thinking to yourself, okay, so I can't watch Game of Thrones anymore. And you're going through your, your list of stuff that, oh, I probably shouldn't be doing this. I probably shouldn't be watching this. What am I gonna do with my time? I tell you exactly what to do with your time. There's a lot to do with your time. Focus more on the true standard. So if you're not in a grow group because you know your favorite TV show is on on Tuesday nights or you know your favorite show's on Tuesday nights, we all, it's all either recorded or on Netflix. Nobody watches live TV anymore, right? You're just making excuses. That the opportunity's there to plug in to community. That if, that if you want to have a reset on your standard, open your Bible and read it. If you're not in his word, well, you have absolutely no clue what his standard is. Not a clue. Is that a little harsh? If, if, you're just, if you're just banking your biblical knowledge and understanding and the way that you live off of me speaking to you, you're in trouble. I can get you a little way but you're in trouble. If how you live in relationship to God and others is not based on the foundation of your relationship to him and his word, well, I, I don't think I can really help you. I can't help you. 
you have that opportunity. You have that responsibility. Take the time to, to get into his word. If you're looking for something else to do, serve in the church. Lead a group. Consume good things. Clutch onto the things that are good and chuck the things that are evil. And you're going to find out, you know, some of you might be thinking, well, then there's just no fun in the world. There's, I'm not going to have any fun. You know, God's way is just really, really boring. Um, that's a complete and utter lie. That's a complete and utter lie. Anybody here been on mission trips before? Raise your hand if you've been on a mission trip. All right, so was your thought while you were on the mission trip was, man, I really wish I could check my Facebook and watch TV. Was that going through your head? Were any of you thinking, man, this sucks. I really wish I was somewhere else. Anyone? No way. It was more fulfilling than any TV series I've ever watched in my life. Being on the ground, serving others, serving alongside other, others. I'll, I'll make a confession that, you know, when it comes to, to grow groups, so before a grow group, like literally the hour before grow groups, my thought is, I hope everybody just calls in sick. <laughs> Not because I don't love you, but because I'm lazy. And we just, like, there's, there's a, a level of comfort that my selfish self wants. And then after everybody shows up, and we have a group, even the worst groups, where it was just like me and Sean Montgomery sitting on my couch as we're staring at each other. <laughs> even the worst ones, on the back end of it, I've never said, man, I wish that hadn't happened. I've never said that. I've never said that about being in a community with people thinking on the back end of that group, back end of that meeting, back end of, of the game night or whatever it is. I wish that hadn't happened. They're, they're the highlights of my week. But I buy into the, into the world and the culture of my personal comfort and, and I gotta fight it. You gotta fight it. You gotta fight those toxic influences. You gotta, you gotta fight the, the poison that's running through your body that's telling you, you just, you just look out for you. Fight that. Fight that. Do, do, something, do something with your life. Live in a way that, that gets you one step closer to him, that, that, is, that gets you one step shinier, that gets you one step closer to Christ, that, that you can be an influence on the world, that he can use you to be an influence on the world for his glory and for his honor. Don't just try to toe the line of... What can I get away with? What's the bare minimum that God requires of me? The bare minimum is just getting further and further away from him. I want you to be closer. I want to be closer to him. I want you to be closer to him. I have no clue what time it is, but we'll probably get some of the band guys up here. I'm probably going to run through this really quick. And here they come. They're rushing it. So, as you're sitting here, as you're sitting here thinking, good grief, I hope he's done soon. <laughs> I want to I challenge you. I want to I challenge you not to figure out what rule it is that you need to set up or, or what, 
what box you need to check to make sure that you're good, I want to challenge you to contemplate your relationship with God. That, that it's okay to have a conversation with him and, and to ask him and, and to get into his word and hear from him. And if you don't know how to do that, you know, come up to me and ask me and, and I'll, I'll point you in a direction pray for you, give you some encouragement, maybe give you something to do. If you want me to smack you upside the head, I'd gladly smack you upside the head. But as, but as Christians, we got to understand that, that we're being attacked. Not with broadswords, but with incremental levels of poison. We're all there. We're in the world. It's there. If you can close your eyes and bow your head, we'll ask you the uncomfortable questions and give me an opportunity to, to pray for you. If, if that's where you are, if you're saying, you know, I know, the, I know the poison that's coming in. I don't even have to think about it that hard. I, I want to I go on. I want to step away from it. If that's you, raise your hand. you, I encourage you to, to get connected with, with others. That if simple church is in your home, I'm totally okay with that. There's a, there's a connect card that you can fill out that can say, hey, I need, I need somebody to be walking with. Let us know that. That if you just, if you just come in on, on Sunday morning, sit here, listen to the sermon, grab your coffee and walk on out, I can't help you. If you say something, I can lend a hand. I can find somebody to lend a hand. As believers, we all struggle. We don't have this down. And I want you to know that there's a community here that will love you, will encourage you, will push you towards the next step and give you opportunities to get closer to God. Now, some of you might be saying, you know what, I am so fully bathed in the poison, I don't even know who Christ is. That I don't even, I don't even, I don't even grasp the concept of poison. I feel fine and I'm doing whatever I want. You might not, you might not know who Jesus is. And if you're sitting here today in that place, but, but in the back of your mind, in the front of the mi- your mind, in your, in your spirit, in your heart, you're hearing, you're hearing somebody say, come to me. What you need to do is go to him. That, that maybe this morning is your opportunity to, to confess and believe that, that a relationship with Christ comes through that. It doesn't come through rules or regulations. It comes to confessing that he is Lord and Savior and believing in him. If, if that's you, if that's you, raise your hand. I'm going to pray and, 
And if you're at a place where you need to confess and believe, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to do just that. The prayer is, the prayer is not a magic prayer. That the words themselves are, are not uh, check the box and now I'm, I'm good to go. It's, it's, it's the heart, it's, it's where you are, that if you can confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and believe that he is Lord and Savior, know that you are on a different path. And that path will be uh, challenging and interesting, but ultimately rewarding as your life is transformed more and more into the likeness of Christ and that you see God do and work through you in amazing ways. Father, I thank you for I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity that that you've given me to share this message. Father, I pray that All, you encourage us all to take one step closer to you that we can trust and rely on you and listen to you and respond to you to see the toxic influences, to see the poison that, that surrounds us and is in us to, to dissipate and fade away. And, and ultimately, not just for, for our own good or our own benefit, but, but for your glory and your honor that that as you transform our lives, we can be uh, a testimony, uh, a light, the shiny to the, the community around us in this congregation in Reynoldsburg and our homes, our neighborhoods, our workplaces, that, that, that there, is, there is something different out there than, than what the world has to offer. And Father, for those that, that are just getting to know you, I offer up this prayer to you. And Father, I, I confess you as, as Lord and Savior. I, be, I believe that, that Jesus Christ is your son, that he came to earth to, to live and die for my sin. I, I confess him. I believe in him. And I pray you, give me the opportunity, the community to, to see that play out in my life, Father. And how I can play out in the lives of others. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I forgot to mention on the front end of service, we're going to get the ushers ready to, to take offering, but in the back of your seats are our new Connect cards. That Connect card is an opportunity for, for you to let us know that we can reach out to you. There's a place in there for for all of your personal information, the information that you're willing to share, but also prayer requests. That if, that if you've got a prayer request, we've got, we've got a team of people that pray through those prayer requests. That that, that, is, that is their gift. That is their ministry. And, and I would encourage you to be a blessing to them and allow them that opportunity. And I'm going to have people up here praying after service. As, as the last worship song's playing, we're going to have people up here that are willing to pray for you. That that's what they want to do. They're not up here because we've twisted their arm behind the back so you got to pray for people. They want to. 
and you can be a blessing to them by allowing them to. Give them the opportunity to bless you and you'll be a blessing to them. I'm gonna pray for the offering and, and, uh, and then we're gonna do one more song of worship. It was rocking today. It was loud too. You could hear everybody singing. It was cool. So I'm gonna pray for the offering and, uh, and we'll have a good week. Father, uh, again, I thank you for the opportunity to, to gather together here as a church, as family, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, I, am, I am grateful for the work that, that you were doing in, in the lives of these people, and I'm also grateful for the work that you're allowing us to participate in the lives of people around the globe. I, I lift this offering up to you that, that we stay disciplined and focused in the direction that you've called us to go, the direction that you've called us to, to lead, to serve, to be a blessing. And, and, and Father, I pray that we just, we just stay faithful to that and that you bless not just us, but the communities that we are serving. We lift this all up to you, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.